We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, I have to start today's episode very quickly by not only introducing my co-host like I usually do, but also introducing uh, my producer for a very specific reason. So hello, Jeremy Cohen. Hey, Jonathan Macri. How are you? Don't, right. actually, you know what? don't you? answer that. Don't, don't answer. Uh, hello, Andrew Claudio. What is this? How are you? I'm good. I'm okay, I guess. How, what is this? So I, I just want to start today's episode by saying to anyone out there listening to this who may have experienced, you know, you're, you're, if you're listening to this, you might live in New York. You might be a fan of one of the local football teams. If anyone out there has had a similar Sunday to young Mr. Claudio or Cohen here, uh, one of them's a Jet fan. One of them's a Giant fan. Doesn't matter. Not really. Um, and you're like, you know what? I, I just <laughs> it definitely does matter. I've really? seen a Super Bowl win in my lifetime. Yeah, but what's what have you done in the last decade, Jeremy? Personally, a lot. Uh, a lot. No, as a football fan, yeah. Than argue that your mediocre quarterback's better. That applies to the last one too. Listen, I, my mediocre quarterback is going to have a flawless LinkedIn page. He's going to interview. I was going to say, interview him, and they're going to be like, "Oh, I see you played football for yeah. the New York Giants." I would much ra- he's going to be like Ron Baker. He's going to be working for a health insurance company in four years. Or well, he'll, he'll do finance. Sales, he'll finance, be on the stock true. exchange floor, buying and selling, and you know, like, I, listen, I don't have the best grasp of the financial sector, but. Um, <laughs> Well, in terms of like how, you know, the stock market, like the day to day, but um, it doesn't seem like Daniel Jones has much of a grasp of anything. Well, what I was going to say is like, you know, I, I feel like if he has to walk around holding papers, it's like going to get tossed aside or he's going to just drop it by accident. Someone will bump into him. Papers go flying <laughs> everywhere. And uh, and that'll be his life. I, I was going to say, I'd much rather be. A, I'm so I'm a Hold on. Just, John like, made a John made a funny. That was really good. Not about grasp of anything. That, that's um, good. Oh, I man. well listen. Whether you're a Giants fan or a Jets fan, this is just a reminder that one, 
we're here for you. You have someplace else to turn to, to listen to content about sports that it has nothing to do with either <laughs> of your football teams. And guess what? Even though your football season is over on checks notes, um, September today, 12th, <laughs> today, <laughs> zero days since your last nonsense. Um, guess what? Uh, training camp is two weeks away. Um, so I- all I will say is I came into the season with no expectations anyway. So you could argue the season hasn't even begun for me as a Jets fan. I'm Can here I- for progress, John. And I saw my team gets shut out in the first half and then outscore the other team 14 to three in the second half glass half full, sir. So full disclosure, I, um, I, we had uh, gymnastics this morning and we're still in long Island for gymnastics. So I spent, I listened to the first half of the Jess game on the radio. Um, and I, I was thankful that I only had to listen to it. Um, it was and, not fun. And then as for the giants, I have to say, Jeremy, I'd be feeling great if I were you because you, you, I mean, I, I don't know if they make odds for such things after one week, but you have to be the favorites for the first pick in the draft after. No, no is that no, no. The, the giants are going to be good enough where they're not going to get the first pick in the draft. Oh. Maybe, maybe they trade up because they also have the bears first round pick. Okay. Um, That's pretty, that might be valuable. Yeah. Let me actually, let me actually double check this because the jets had the second best odds because of strength of schedule. So right now, the Giants are 12th, which like it's every there's 14 0 in one team, so this doesn't matter. But it goes by strength of schedule as the oh, tiebreaker. Okay. So the Jets right now have the sixth best odds because they're 0 in one. And of the remaining teams that are winless, um, I think the Patriots are gonna win a game this year. I think the Bills are gonna win a game this year. I think the Colts are gonna win this game. I think the Packers will win a game. So, so can I can we start? Um, at least for the next several weeks, can we, can I just open, we, we won't do this whole diatribe every, mm-hmm. cause we record on Sundays. Um, I'm not that cruel, but can I at least start each, uh, recording by just asking you guys the simple question? Are you rooting against your yet? team? <laughs> yes. Are you, is it, or have we reached the point where you're rooting against your team? So, have we reached to what, what was the pre Zion season? Eight, 18, 18, 19, 18, 19. Right? where we basically were, we were not rooting for losses, but Oh, no. I 100% was rooting for losses. For this <laughs> we time. didn't have to. They would lose anyway if we wanted to, them to win or lose any at all. Yeah. Like, it um, didn't matter. I'll say this. You know, w- with this podcast and our viewers and listeners as my witness, John Schmiel came on this podcast and I said, I don't care about the Giants because they're just, I know it's going to be the same old, same old. So, okay. and here we are, where me self-deprecating, like using humor as my weapon against me and you instead of you just against me. So I feel much better knowing that I can laugh at myself before you laugh at me, which is great. But with all that said, That's a lot I know that even if the Giants go one in 16 and it's ridiculous that, that we have to now worry about a 17th game where the, it's like just an extra loss peppered in there. But the beauty of it is that Dave Gettleman's still going to be here to make the pick. So it's going to be like, you know, I could see it five years from now. Gettleman's still clinging on to life it, it, as, a, as a, I don't mean that negatively as like real life. I just mean, I realize how that came out. We, we, we I hope he lives a very long time. Metaphysical of this yes. podcast. Uh, but he's like in Cape Cod, just making boneheaded decisions. He's like, we still got to fix the offensive line. And it's like, great. Okay. How do you plan on doing that? And it's like, we're just going to take a tackle who's terrible. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Well, we'll be we'll cross this bridge again in another five years, Dave. Thank you. Well, um, who knows? Maybe there's a Leon Rose. Who is the Leon Rose of, of the NFL? 
Bill is there uh, one? Drew Rosenhaus? <laughs> Do you want Drew Rosenhaus? An agent that became a, yeah. a, no, a GM. I don't know, actually. Is there would, an example of that? I don't I don't know of one. I, I feel like that that's the type of thing that although listen, it was out of the box when um who's the first one that did it in, in basketball? Was it My- Myers or was Bob Myers was, yeah. It was, it was Myers. Okay. You know who I want? I want Adam Schefter to run the team because at this point, why not? You know, if we're going with like unorthodox things, just Listen, throwing things at the wall, like, hey, what sticks? Don't laugh. Who's the Thunder, Adam Schefter? The Thunder B reporter for ESPN, who just is now Royce Young. Yeah, yeah, Royce Young. I mean, he seems like a super bright guy. So I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to d- disparage Royce Young at all. I'm sure he's going to be great there. But like, you know, Jeremy, can I give you one hint of a silver lining? Remember Please. that John Schmelk podcast you referenced and how I Throughout there, the conspiracy theory of the Giants' next quarterback potentially being Aaron Rodgers. Oh, the Packers didn't look great today. The the but wheels might come off of that real quick. You know who else didn't look great today, Andrew? Daniel Jones. Aaron Rodgers. Well, true, <laughs> oh, but okay. some of that might have had to do with the fact that he is still in his honeymoon phase. Literally went on his honeymoon and still hasn't come back yet. And next year, when he and Shailene live in in Manhattan, Cheyenne. is it Cheyenne? Shailene Woodley. Oh, I, th- I actually really thought her name was Cheyenne. I, nope. I apologize, you're, Shailene. You're welcome, Shailene Woodley. Um, when they live in you know Long Island City or you know a part of New Jersey that's really nice and close to New York City, and she's doing Broadway, and he doesn't exist. The Giants' quarterback. That's that's a possibility. Is what yeah, I'm it's just like Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley going around like the Short Hills Mall, mm-hmm. just looking at all the the fancy things, and and <laughs> that's their life. Yeah, where they could be west, where they want to be, where it's you know probably not as cold and the better wow. team and all that. The, jazz. the real the real possibility is Miami because I didn't like what I saw it to it today, but you know I they have a they have a squad. They beat the Patriots and went into Foxborough. And did it to so. a baby to like, all day long. The the Knicks correlation here, if you want to bring it all the way back, is that Jeremy is stuck in 2018, 19, 20, whatever the Steve Wells era was. You're stuck with a, an organizational problem that even if they got Aaron Rodgers, nothing is really going to change until that guy is gone. Yeah, so this is. Yeah, I, well, no, keep I'll going. Say in terms of like a strategy thing, because I feel like. You know, it obviously differs from basketball to football, but I think one of the best ways you can succeed in football is build a great team with the money you have and then find a way to get a young elite quarterback who is on a cheap contract and then you can find success that way. I mean, like, you know, with uh, Mahomes, obviously he is he could be the greatest quarterback ever, or at least one of, but that's the strategy they kind of employed. Jared Goff, they did something similarly. Like with the Bucks, they just managed the opposite where they paid a lot of money for Tom Brady and it worked out to their benefit yeah. because they won a Super Bowl. But I still think, you know, like getting a younger guy who's cost controlled, who plays a premium position, not drafting a running back at second overall, um, finding actual guards who can <clears throat> do that guard. Um, like the other pieces seem to be their own, oh, maybe getting an offensive coordinator whose head isn't so far up his ass that he doesn't really know the difference between his liver and his spleen. But the point being is that there are ways to fix this getting the, you know, it's week one and we're saying like, I'm saying fire Gettleman, whatever it's, it's long overdue, but it's the point here with the giants with Steve Mills and that sort of thing where you can so easily just like put a new, I guess you could put lipstick on a pig in a sense where it actually like can, you can say to your fan base, Hey, 
we're trying to make a change here. We're doing something that feels different because right now it's just stale. You know, yeah. like even Joe Judge, I like him, but like he only has so much to work with. And if it's at the top where it's not working, well, it's a problem. Like and he's we, not a Fizdalian type coach. It's no, but your point about being stale is a really good one because we are our, our nerd brain last off season. And even this off season to a certain extent, we're really happy, but more, I don't want to, I don't want to use this word because it's going to come off as derogatory, but I'm going to just say more casual Nick fans. We're like, fucking do something. That's because when yeah. your team sucks, the worst thing is stale. You want, you know, right. Exciting. Um, this actually is a, a very, a very good transition before actually before I get to the transition, because we're going to talk about uh, Trey Young and the wrestling thing and villains before we get to our game. Um, could you imagine if in the NBA there was no lottery and it was just that it was reverse worst record for the draft? Like, could you imagine what the NBA would look like in a season where where Zion? Because we knew I mean, the Zion hype was already there after what, a week, mm-hmm. two weeks? The, the NBA had schedule hadn't even really started. Like, could you fa- could you possibly wrap your mind around teams climbing over themselves to lose? Like, just I can't. I personally, that would be how many teams? How many teams would be in the running for that ever on those sorts of years? It would be years. shameless. I mean, teams would have no issue. It was, it's shameless now. Look but what the to an even greater degree. Year. I mean, yeah, well, the Thunder, of course. But imagine if there were no barriers whatsoever in terms of these odds. It's like, hey. I could give you a hundred percent chance of getting a top prospect if you just lose pretty much every single game. Yeah. And I'm sure other teams would have tried to get in on that. You know, the Cavs, the Suns, they maybe they would have had just enough talent, but they would have found mysterious injuries or illnesses or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, hey, Devin Bro- Devin Booker's out with a broken penis and like the Cavs, well, we, I'm just saying like they could, they could do anything that, that, that fits the agenda of them just losing and listing ridiculous. Like, like pop was fined $250,000 for resting his players. And you're telling me that like, that is worse than saying Devin Booker has a broken schlong. I mean, I'm sorry, but I but think I'm, that it's, I'm not trying to pile on the jets, but it, it's, it's actually amazing to me that the NFL doesn't have to worry about this problem at all. And you actually get a situation like last year with the Jets where they were, what were they, Andrew? Owen, whatever. They hadn't won a game. They, they were Owen 13 and then won two yes. games in a row to okay. pass the Jaguars. Yes. Like, could you fathom if the, if like, I can't even fathom this, but like, if it's the Zion year and the Knicks were like five and 68. Right. And then they won like five out of seven games because like a player was healthy enough to play. And then they're like, I'm making shit up. But like we would be fucking writing. This is where Jeremy will agree with me on this. I know it's a different sport, but that's different. It's it's, the difference is so big in that one player can change your franchise for a decade in the NBA. Whereas Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence was not. He was fine. They lost by 20. Like you could be a. Good to quarterbacks go to the worst okay. team in the NFL and okay. it'll be fair. bad going forward. No, that's that's fair. That's the NFL, I see this because I got mad at Jets fans when that first win happened. They're like, oh my God, they did it to us again. And it's like, or the second pick could be the quarterback that was promised because yeah. it's fine. There's been one player this century to win the MVP award drafted one overall. And his name is Cam Newton. 
and he's already not able to find a job oh, yeah, in the NFL. Peyton Manning uh, was drafted last century. How about right. that? Yeah. Okay. That's no. pretty good. That's pretty good stat. Tim Couch didn't win an MVP. No. No. Like Andrew Luck. Like. Yeah. No. You're yeah. Right. Like Carson Wentz was the second pick. Jared Goff made the Super Bowl already on his second team. No. You need no, like. It's, you need like like a well, we, full roster for yeah. football. Whereas, but that's, but that's you the thing. Sign Luca, and you're set. When a team is struggling, that's what they're peddling is hope. It's the the fact like fans can sleep at night knowing that the possibility of being the best at something is what's so exciting. And that's, I mean, is that a problem? It depends on, on your view. If you think that tanking is shameless and, and awful, then that's fine. If you think that tanking is the best philosophy, then that's fine too. I'm sure people fall for the most part somewhere in the middle, but, and it's a very wide spectrum of things, but yeah. the point being here where for football, you know, it's a, it's a larger sport. The, you have 11 on one side, 11 on the other. And with basketball, it's really just five guys on the court and you have to have a superstar to win. Yeah. And if you don't have a superstar, then you're not going to go anywhere. And if you're a small market team, then you're, you know, you have various constraints, which football doesn't really have as much of a problem with because no. money is just kind of different that way. And and so two of the best five quarterbacks of the last, well, two of the best Eight quarterbacks of the last 30 years have played in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So, you know. right. Or, I mean, Indianapolis, which I'm sure is a fine city, but that I don't see many people flocking <laughs> to go to the Pacers, for example. Wait, you're so, subtly shitting on the fine city of Indianapolis. I, hey, listen, I bet it's great. I know that Clyde loves his steak and shake from there. So, it, it, it has some value okay. of sorts. <laughs> All right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You know, it's a terrible city is Atlanta um, because that's where Trey Young plays. And uh, so smoothest transition, smooth, s- smoothest as, as can be expected. Um, <clears throat> so what did he do this week? He came out and um, got a whole bunch of wrestling fans riled up at MSG. From what I could tell from a two minute clip. Um, this is, uh, I guess this is what counts as villainy in, uh, 2021. Andrew, what do you, you, you put me onto this. I I watched the clip. I have to say, I'm not a wrestling fan, so maybe it didn't resonate with me as much, but then we were, have you ever been a wrestling fan when I was eight? Have you, are you familiar with the term heel? I am familiar with the term heel. Yes. All right. Jeremy, are you, have you ever been a wrestling fan? Nope. Not really. Okay. No. So, so Jeremy, did the Trey Young coming out to and doing the thing that he did? Did that did that hit you in the same way? It seemed because it seemed like it was really hitting some people on Twitter. To me, it was just like, oh, this is this is pretty funny. The fact that it's like a very staged thing that, and he's getting into it, like you know, playing up the villain yeah. role. It's all part of a of a storyline that. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What do you mean? What do you mean storyline? You make it oh, seem okay. like it's scripted. Sorry. Um, it was very spontaneous. I'm surprised that he went out there and it was very surprising of course to see him um let alone a wrestler wearing a kevin knox jersey i think that was the most unrealistic part of all of that but in terms of uh they discontinued a little trey young it's like yeah actually i mean sorry um trey young came out to Madison square garden and was showered with booze and it was all very real and um those booze were guttural you know people felt them they felt them deep in their plums so it was out there it's it is, but I think you you <laughs> you nailed the last part, um, which is which will lead into our little mini conversation about this because we because the topic of of Nick's villains came up briefly when we did the Patreon pod with Chris and we were talking about like who were the Knicks like most uh, villainous opponents over the at this point if you had to say like who's the, the biggest Nick villain and I think who do we arrive on the the Heat. At this right, if like it's, it's the heat, but the bigger takeaway for me, and I mean, we joke about our ages on here, but I'm actually curious how Jeremy feels about this. Chris said that nobody his age cares about the Pacers, and for me, the bigger rival of the '90s was the Indiana Pacers to the Miami Heat, even though there was literal which, like bloodshed against. Which I think the Miami that's fair. Heat, which fine, I still like. It's it's wild to me that the Knicks Pacers rivalry might be dead because I still get up for Knicks Pacers. Like, okay, there's that orange and Navy blue uh, orange, excuse me, yellow and Navy blue team that I want to win. Every time we play the Pacers, there's six games that I really wanted the Knicks win to last year more than anybody else. And it was the Pacers in the heat more so than Brooklyn, which has changed nowadays. And my, and my point to you before I I, hear what Jeremy has to say is I, I think personally, the rivalry is kind of dead. Um, and I think to, to what Jeremy was saying with the, with the guttural reaction to Trey young, I think people, whether they be Chris's age, whether they be our age, whether it be whatever, I think people are yearning for a rivalry again. I think people want someone to root against. I think people want a villain. I think th- th- there is a weird, this like weird segment, like that Trey young has now filled an empty void because there has been a void. Because there has not been any rivalry involving the New York Knicks. I'm sorry. All due respect to the Nets. Like, are, are the fucking Nets our rival? Like, yeah, we don't like the Nets, you know, but are they our rival? 
Or is, is that, are they like a villain to the Knicks? Like, I don't, I don't know. So Jeremy, I'm, I'm curious what you think about all this. Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head with Trey Young, at least, you know, for eight years, we've seen the Knicks not make the playoffs and they make the playoffs. And we desperately, yes, yearn for this type of villain because it, it basically says to us that we are important enough to actually care about someone else beating us because that just goes to show that this team is good again, because as opposed to con- consistently tanking, which is right. what we're like if you're, there. if you're a dormant team, that's picking eighth or ninth for what feels like forever. And now suddenly you get to talk about things you did in the playoffs. It's a very different shift. Like what were we talking about beforehand? You know, like, okay, yeah, there are these teams in the East, but our biggest foes are the ones that we're tanking against. Like, remember when it was, Oh, the Timberwolves, do we get, the coin flip of who gets the, the pick and who doesn't, or Hey, the Timberwolves could get Carl Anthony Towns and the Knicks might not that sort of thing. Like, like that's not a rivalry. No. So I do, I will say, you know, I, I still root against the Pacers because there is some numbness towards 2013 and also well, a bit, you know, I mean, let me put it this way based on the fact that I didn't get to see the nineties Knicks and I grew up with such a bad team that that's like the the pinnacle kind of of where the Knicks were. Their yeah. peak was cut short because of Indiana, but I don't see them as a threat because I think that they're a team that just hates tanking so much that they refuse to do it. And that's why I believe yeah. they haven't had a top 10 pick or top nine pick since like 1990 or 1989. So with that philosophy, you know, like I, I won't go out of my way to be like, I hate the Pacers so much that I can't stand them. And, you know, of the six games, for example, that Andrew listed with the Heat and the Pacers, um, I'd love to beat the Pacers, but it's it's not like I'll be like, man, I can't believe, like, I really wanted that game. I wanted all three of those games. Just like, okay, uh, you know, I'm glad they won two of them. But to me, it's like they won two out of three. If it's a tiebreaker situation, there you go. If it's just like beating a team that is good, then that's great too. Um, so yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's kind of like, I don't really consider the Hawks of villainous team. I think Trey young, I don't even really think he's a villain, but I'll play into the role of like, sure. Let's support He seems it. to think he's a villain. Well, yes. And I'm glad he's embracing it. Cause it's fun for all that parties, is. but I do think that the Knicks and the Hawks are using each other and it's totally fine because um, it, it's a, it's a working relationship, but you know, like the Knicks are using Trey young and the Hawks as a way of showing we're back this is the start of something and things are going to be fun, but the Hawks are also showing like, yeah, you know, we are back as well. We were in the conference finals. We were embarrassed by LeBron had some dormant years, but also not having a Christmas game for, I think it was like the longest stretch of any other NBA team or second longest stretch. The the Hawks, the Hawks did. Yes. Oh, wow. I I honestly didn't realize that. Right. And now they will be playing Christmas Madison Square Garden. And I just think there's this, it's actually a great, mutually beneficial relationship between the two where the Hawks obviously went further than just that Knicks series and it's good for them. And maybe they do it in the future, but that sort of thing of like, if we want to make this something, cause I feel like there aren't a ton of storylines in the NBA rivalry wise, and maybe that's a product of well, the AAU and, and training. I, and I have a different thought theory. That. It's, I think that's part of it. And the fact that, well, there's a book to be written. Did rivalries end on, um, was it July 9th, 2010? Um, maybe. Uh, I, I don't think they did, but I, but yes, the whole super team philosophy were clearly, you know, cause they were still friends, right? It's not like, yeah. hey, you're, it's not like Giannis and James Harden. You're like, hey, let's put our differences aside and really do this. 
I mean, like even Kobe and Dwight Howard, that really didn't work out, but they said, let's settle what we have, or even before them, Kobe and Shaq. Uh, but it seemed rosy at times well, and then it got harder and there so, was intra-conflict. So I, it's funny because the, I'm thinking about what I just said. Did they end on that day? And my, the implication obviously was because LeBron went and teamed up with his buddies, but I think it's, it's actually, I think they did end kind of that day. Maybe they, it, they had ended probably sometime before, but that was really the shift for the NBA in terms of player movement, forget about who they were going to join, but play that was like, Oh wow. A guy like LeBron left Cleveland. And then it started the cavalcade of like, okay, now guys like think about this. The Knicks and the Pacers played each other six times in the playoffs in eight seasons. And the Knicks and heat played each other in the playoffs four straight seasons. That and, and and sorry, more just as importantly, although I mean, I guess one thing has to do with the other. The cores of those teams, not exactly the same, but more or less the same throughout those those sustained runs. Um, and that's the thing I think that has changed is because players move around so much and and you know move around when they want and and for the most part where they want. Um, you know, and it takes teams time to build up. So by the time you get there, it seems like you have this two, three, maybe four year window of like being an elite, elite franchise. And like, what are the odds that you're going to face the same team, you know, through, through, I mean, it still happens rarely, but I just, I think that's the thing that it, more than anything else is the reason why we're not, you know, we're just not going to see that stuff anymore. Yeah. I think the warriors have had their fair share of uh, enemies, you know, the Clippers warriors was pretty big. Warriors Rockets. I mean, well, how many years played- have we seen Daryl Morey tweet congrats to the Warriors on a great season uh, as as the Rockets get eliminated? Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, there are fun angles that we can have here. But yeah, it's I think another product might also be that um, especially in, in an upcoming upcoming season like this one, right, where on paper, the shift of power you know, it feels like, okay, Lakers and Nets and a lot of other teams, but a lot of those other teams could still be very good and they could challenge the Lakers. But last year where it felt so wide open, where like with that final four, it just felt like friendly, you know, like you can find <laughs> players that you dislike on all of those teams. Yeah. But yeah. you know, if you're, if you're just good. A, a casual fan, are you really going to hate the Suns or the Clippers? Are you going to hate the Bucks or the Hawks? No, you're you're gonna like you know. Who, 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 players, wait, hold on. Not. If you're a casual fan, maybe this is a dumb question, and I just because I literally am asking it as I haven't thought it through. Who is there to hate in the NBA? Right? Okay, is Le- LeBron? You're giving me LeBron. a look, and LeBron. Okay, yeah. Do people hate LeBron? I mean, yes. look, I, oh, yeah. I, I say that out loud and I know every Nick fan listening to this podcast is like, I fucking hate that. I get it. Like, we don't like LeBron for myriad reasons. I don't know that he occupies the same place in the collective fan bases of other teams that like Jordan did, for instance. And I'm sure, you know, and a bunch of other guys. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I could be wrong. Jeremy. I mean, <sighs> Well, so I mean, maybe this is an age thing, but like 
there's a you just said it, Michael Jordan. Nobody hated Michael Jordan. At least I didn't. I don't think people hated Michael Jordan. Oh, I love very, Michael Jordan. Right, but you, he was but everybody's like, favorite player. You hated losing to him, right. but he was the most popular player in the planet. So <sighs> LeBron, part of the hatred toward him is that the conversation of greatest of all time gets talked about all the time on FS1 and ESPN, and we're inundated with him for the last 18 years. And as a result, there's that hatred. And then like, I'll ask, I have a question for both of you, but do you think that what ended on July 8th, 2010 wasn't rivalries between teams, but it's now just become player rivalries. It's not heat versus um, heat versus Celtics anymore. Heat or Cavs versus Warriors. It's LeBron versus Steph. LeBron versus, versus KD. KD. Yeah. It's a, it's a player rivalry now. Well, I think that's fair considering how players just treat their contracts. Like, they're nothing really, you know, like if you go up against a player and that's the case, like, that's great. But since we're seeing so many guys move around, it's, it may not necessarily be that team factor. I actually hadn't really considered that before. And I think that's a, a very good point in terms of just the philosophy of how it works. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you see a player get traded and it's like, Oh, Hey, remember their brush up with another player or so on. For us, you know, like if you're a fan of that team and they're gone, maybe it's a different story or if you're inheriting that player. But um, otherwise, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it's not a huge factor from a team perspective. I. <sighs> it's funny because we were just talking about how all these guys are friends. Mm -hmm. But at the same time. Yeah, I. <sighs> I don't know, because then you have a guy like KD, like this, does Durant care about, you know, uh, his, his place on the totem pole next to LeBron? I don't, I genuinely, I mean, again, maybe that's a stupid question. I genuinely don't know the answer to it. I'm sure I he think does. he's a, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Listen, anyone who, who takes the time to, you know, to basically argue with teenagers and tweens about how they view him and it's fine that's i just think because he's that's totally fine to do that he's a grown teenager himself right but he still cares he cares about <sighs> his got, you know he cares about who he is he cares about his ability to win um his ability he to went lead. to brooklyn because it was fucking chill he that's sure. i that's document and then new book that uh i forget the author's name but a new book just came out which that's pretty much that's the reason he went there because he, he it was a chill vibe Right. If he cared about his legacy, I mean, I'm not to get back into this again, but like he would be here. Well, I not necessarily because, you know, he wanted to carve really? his own path for whatever. Yes. He, he wanted to carve his own path because he can. Uh, the, the thing is that on his team, well, actually, now I don't even know because with James Harden, you could make an argument that like his own, when Harden's path. On his his own best, path with fucking Kyrie Irving and James Harden, where he right. where he's essentially the coach of the team or excuse me, there is like a community coach. But listen, he always he's said in the past about being on that Warriors team and what the reactions were and the, the dynamics of the team. I'm sure that Steph's shadow, whatever it was, but also he just didn't seem to want to be there. And they were walking on eggshells about is Katie going to leave? Is he going to stay? Like the whole conversation he had with Draymond Green, where they were talking about that argument and Draymond. Because he didn't have fucking carte blanche. Right. I understand that. But that's the thing. It's like, it wasn't a normal <laughs> environment. And he recognized that. What does that have to do with his legacy? <laughs> No, but it has to do with his legacy because if he stays or not, you know, if he stays and the Warriors continue being dominant, then 
what does that say? It's like, hey, Durant stayed. He's winning with this team. You know, he won two finals MVPs at that. It's that sort of thing versus him not wanting to be at that place, wanting to carve his own path. It's all part of his legacy. It's just a matter of whether he feels that cements him as better than or not. I mean, like LeBron has switched teams, what, three times now? And the last one was as much a business decision because of where it put him as it was a basketball decision. Although, but it worked. They won a title. Yes. Although, well, yeah, no, it worked. Easy, easy on the all, though. I know what you're thinking, though. <laughs> Is that it was done in Disney World? No, 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 no. It's not that. What I what actually was, what I was going to say is he's so great that he, the minute he walks onto a team, they become a top five contender. And like, you could have gone somewhere else and forced them to trade for Anthony. I mean, it's like there's, there's a lot of, we don't even go down that road, but can we, can we just point out the fact that, you know, James Harden went down, Kyrie Irving went down. It was him and his best player was probably Jeff green and they still made it fascinating. And, you know, again, we could do the woulda, coulda, shoulda. And I hate the fact that I'm even defending Kevin Durant at this point. Oh, I defended him as a player. This is not me um, targeting him as a player. I'm just wondering if he cares where where his place in history. I'm sure he does. Because again, think about also, in an alternate kind of universe, if we want to go like the what if angle that Marvel's taking, for example, what if Durant's foot is not on the line? What if he sinks the three? What What oh, are we what saying about Giannis? What are we saying about KD? You have to imagine the Nets get through the Hawks. Uh, then we're looking at maybe Nets be champions, Suns, right? Be, that so you know they would have marched. But then everything about that is different, right? Like the heel turn, even for Giannis. Which was like, hey, Giannis can't even get out of the second round. Got to fire a Boonholzer. Chris Middleton's not yeah, the no, second I, option. All that thing. Everything just, turns on a trifle. I, I get that. I, I just, I, I'm just getting trying to th- wrap my head around the, the, the point here, which is that you know, do, do we, do we have rivalries anymore? Whether they are between players, teams, anything. Um, well, I'll say this: it's nice to have a team that we talk about and root for that. I think seems to be embracing an identity, which is the thing I think we all agree is kind of leaving most NBA franchises because most NBA franchises, the identity is who's the best player on the team. And if there's nobody who's like to that echelon, then they really don't have an identity and their identity is we're looking for that guy. I think the Knicks, in a weird way, even though you could argue that they have one of maybe the the I I do not mean to disparage Julius Randle when I say this, but one of the lower level like best players on a team in the league, or at least maybe in the bottom third, bottom half even, um, like they have an identity, um, and it's and they don't care the fact that their best player is Julius Randle or what like they are like you know big fifteen, um, can it sustain for another year? I guess we'll I guess we'll find out but i i would you like to see them play the hawks again in the playoffs sure why not i think that'd be fun i think it'd be fun too yeah. yes i want yes. revenge i want blood <laughs> yes you gotta understand this is all we got you open open the show talking about the state of our football teams we haven't even talked about the state of our baseball teams this is all we got i was being kind thank you i was being kind this is all we have we're recording during the third game of the subway series because neither of us care okay I didn't even know what happened. Yeah, there's another game happening, John. Mm-hmm. There you go. I Regrettably. To, to Jeremy's, first of all, Jeremy, thank you for bringing up that what if because Schwinn hates when I bring up that what if about KD because his KD slander has reached an 
irrational point. Oh, and I just silly. like to point out that two inches away from you being like, he lost. Meanwhile, his boy Steph didn't even make the playoffs. Um, the argument for like there still being rivalries, like Harden Giannis is a thing. Mm-hmm. Whether we and Nick's land don't realize it or not, the he's just yeah. big and tall and strong. Versus I'm six, five and have to work harder for my points. Like the Katie, like I'm unguardable. And this six, five guard that all he does is shoot really well. Meanwhile, like to now defend Steph mm. shoots better than anybody ever has in the, the history of the sport. Like that's a thing. The reason LeBron versus Steph became a thing is because the novelty of, oh, that's cute. He shoots really well. Then he's winning unanimous MVPs and the whole sport is deciding to shoot threes. And LeBron got offended by that in 2016. I'll say this. I think I know it's fucking something nobody wants to hear uh, who's listening to this show. I think Milwaukee, Brooklyn has a chance to be a real rivalry Mm -hmm. in the years to come. That could be that could be, you know, you want to talk about multi multiple conference finals in a row. I mean. You know, they're the two favorites right now. Um, but even to compare Knicks Hawks to Knicks Pacers back then, like yeah. Knicks Hawks, this is the middle of the Eastern Conference we're talking about. Knicks Heat. Like and it could be the middle. The it Conference. doesn't matter that it's the middle. But, but my point is yeah. the Knicks Pacers, neither of those teams won a finals. Yeah, three of those matchups happened in the conference finals, but yeah. it was never a situation where the winner of this game became champion it was always like we won a tough rivalry against the um, one tough match against the Pacers, yeah, but, but and then we lost to houston and then we lost to michael jordan and then yeah, they lost the to Shaq. no that's that's fair but i i think see this is where it's tough because um i was i was young i was still young i was a teenager but i didn't i didn't really have a full i i can't tell sitting here right now if those teams, if there was a real chance that those teams could have won it all. And I kind of think the, but well, I mean, when Jordan was active, maybe that's different, but like the other years, and I know he was active for a lot of these years, the other years, I feel like any, you know, in 99 in 2000 in 90, obviously 94, you could say 95, even like, I don't know. Would it have been that crazy if one of those teams won a championship? I don't think so. No, the point was more like we're talking about a rivalry in the 90s between two teams that didn't eventually become champions. No, I, I it's not like Yankees Red Sox where like the Yankees, well, I guess technically the Yankees won in 03 and didn't, but the Red Sox won in 04 became champions. The Red Sox won in 2018 became champions. Yeah. You know, can I just get you guys to list who you think the Knicks in order are like the biggest rivals right now? Like right now, who's the number one team you personally want to see the Knicks beat more than anybody? John, you want to go first? I think it's fascinating generationally. There's only two. There's only two teams. It's the Nets or the Hawks. And I think I'll I think I got to tell you, when they lost the Nets last year, it got under my skin. Oh, wow. So the Nets more than the Hawks. Well, will that be the same this year? Like, if we lose on the Hawks on Christmas Day, that's going to ruin my Christmas. That's going to ruin my holiday break. Yep. So, uh, can I call it a tie? Uh, one A, one B, fine. And I'll say, you know what? Fuck it. I'll say Hawks number one because I, I don't. I'll just admit I don't think we're as good as the Nets yet. And if we, if they're healthy, that's why. I, that's the other thing. I was annoyed because we lost to them. They were never healthy, fully healthy or with their complete team when we played them. And that's why I was like, man, we could have stolen one there. Um, I think the Hawks is number one. 
Jamie? If, if I'm going 1A, 1B, I'm going in a different direction. I'm actually going Celtics and Heat. What's the rivalry with the Celtics? Well, Seriously? Seriously? But see, this is the thing. It's all personal, right? So I like I went to college in the Boston area. Uh, okay. Uh, I, my grandparents are were Boston sports fans. Like it's very much been around me to the point where it's great seeing the Celtics lose, even though like they're not playoff rivalries. They haven't oh, so I don't even care. When the Knicks are good, the Celtics are bad. When the Celtics are, like, yeah. it happened once or recently where the Celtics, I guess twice, right? The Knicks won one, the Celtics won one. But right to you, like right now, it may not matter. And then there's the heat where forget about, you know, back in the 90s, even just from my perspective, it's it's still the fact of like everything that Miami represents, not they, as a city, but as a, as a team. And they're number and three also, for me, to be clear. And also, I mean, if we are, if we do want to talk about the 90s, the fact that they're run by someone who, if given power, probably would have turned this team into a very different, great powerhouse. And we probably would have had a similar situation to what we're seeing in Miami. And it's easy to root against that. It's easy to, you know, like, that's the one thing, right? If you, if you look at an X and you're like, oh, you know, I want what's best for them. But at the same time, you're like, I really want to see them be with the worst people sort of thing. You don't want what's best for every ex. Right. That's what I'm saying. It, it depends. You know, some you, you say they're, they're a good person. I'll let them go. It was like, you know, I just wish not many good things happen to that person. That's basically the Miami heat. So, you know, it's, it's that sort of mindset as well. So mm. look, I, I, I don't like the nets. I don't like the Hawks, but to me, the nets are on such a different level as well that it's almost like, okay, cool. Play the nets. And they probably, beat the Knicks several times. The Hawks may be a different story because, you know, it was still closer and, and we'll see, but with the Celtics and heat, I feel like they're in a closer category. Maybe, maybe the Hawks are a little lower than the heat, mm. even than the Celtics. Regardless, those are just two teams that I really don't like. And so for me beating them, it's like, those are the six games I care about, you know, Celtics and the heat. What's so funny. We, we just named four different teams or seven games. Well, no, I, I'm not talking about that. We, no, no, I, no, I, I you named two like, teams. Not six, seven games because yeah. they played the Celtics four times. You, you named two teams. I named two teams. None of the teams that we named were the team that if you had, I don't know if, how many Nick fans would have admitted it. I don't even know if I would have admitted it, but mm. uh, 20 months ago, if you I haven't asked, given my list yet. Are they on it? Yes. Are they That's number one? I did number two. Okay, so the Mavs are number two for yeah, you. Yeah, and that's, one? I think, first of all, Jeremy hit on something that probably leads to more rivalries than anything else that we've discussed so far. And it's way more than like, I want to see that team lose. It's, I want those cities' fans to be miserable. And the <laughs> New York Boston thing, it transcends. That's good. Whether that's it good. be Jets, Giants against the yeah, Patriots or Yankees against the Red Sox. Like Knicks Boston, where I personally don't care about the Celtics, but if Patriots and Red Sox fans are miserable because the Celtics lost, hell yeah, I'm against mm-hmm. the Celtics. Um, and we talked about it, John, in the two man draft. The the Mavericks are a trade away from me not caring about them and actually probably rooting for them because of the player loyalty that's become of the yeah. NBA. I would be a big Lucas stand and want to watch him succeed, but 
it's not even the rooting against Porzingis. It's, it's rooting against every single person that took a victory lap when the Knicks traded Porzingis and then didn't have the summer of 2019. Yeah. And it's like, oh, look how incompetent it will never be fixed. And now all of the excuses of actually like injury play, injury played seven foot guy that really didn't have a low post game to begin with. I'm kind of okay if they decided to pull the plug now and get what they could. You know, now it's about winning the trade, which makes Dallas right behind Miami for me. That's fair. No, one of the annoying things as well is that there's so little self-accountability that people take victory laps the moment. And I'm sure I'm guilty of this. And I'm sure we all, all three of us, and even those listening, we take victory laps when things first happen and maybe it goes the other way. And it's like, okay, well, why are you still caring about that? down the line. Right. And so for the Mavs thing with Porzingis, where everyone's like, I can't believe the Knicks did this. They traded Porzingis and, and got this package and it sucks and blah, blah, blah. And and here we are two years later where again, trades can even be win-wins, but depending on how they treat Porzingis, how Porzingis treats them, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a win-win regardless if Porzingis gets traded. And then we, you know, have wry smiles on our face and we're basically like, yeah, yeah, who could have seen that coming? Like us, <laughs> we could have. And then Dallas fans being like, okay, well, why are you still hung up on that? The trade's over blah, blah, and that sort of thing. And I feel like that happens a lot. So that's why I'm, you know, victory laps are great, especially when you feel like at first you were told no. And it's like, no, we know that this is going to be a good trade. You just got to give it time. That sort of thing. So, um, is there a hint of because the Mavericks lose Cowboys fans will be miserable or like because Cowboys fans transcend all the sports, like technically all Yankee fans might also be Cowboy fans too. I think it's the other way around. If Cowboy fans are miserable, Mavs fans are miserable, but uh, if Mavs okay. fans are miserable, then some Cowboys I, fans are miserable. If Cowboys fans are miserable, half the country's miserable then pretty much. Yes. But then, and they, you know, but then they'll just turn to the Lakers and maybe the Yankees and are on a win. Alabama. Streak. Yeah. Yep. They'll Duke, be fine. You know, I'm trying to think if there's any fan base that I really actually care about. Um, Boston's one. Philly's another. I don't really. I've, you know what? I don't. I don't care about Boston. Boston sports fans. Um, oh, you're a Steeler fan. That's why. I mean, if I do, please, the Patriots have kicked the shit out of the Steelers like it's their job over the oh, last okay. twenty years. There you go. Um, Nets fans. I fucking hate Nets fans. Mm, you also moved into the middle of where they might exist. Which is hilarious. Like the heart of it. Yeah. Um, but also it's kind of funny you, to, it's funny wait. to hear you guys over the years Hold on. say, like, oh, there are no Nets fans. And then it's like, oh, I hate Nets fans. Like, oh, oh so you hate all 98 of them that live in like wait, a hold five on. I was to your house? Let me respond. The heart of Nets fandom? Yeah, this jersey. Yeah. 20, 20 minutes away. <laughs> well, that's first of all. Second of all, like I've been here for how long have I been here for th- three weeks? I haven't seen a fucking so much as a t-shirt, a hat, a jersey. A, like, come on. Nobody gives a shit about this team. For Jamie, the 87 that do, I don't like you. Jeremy, you know, so I went to see John this week mm-hmm. and I went to Barclays to like take Atlantic Terminal back to like go back where I live. And it was there where I finally saw a Brooklyn Nets paraphernalia. And you know where I saw it? The on the building. Yeah. No, on the building. <laughs> on Barclays Center. There is a thing. So we're recording this on Sunday at it's uh eight something. There is a thing that is happening right now at the Barclays Center. Can I give that, you can I ask you to give me three guesses of what you think it is? Because it's hilarious that I drove past it, what, so I know. What is it? 
It's the VMAs. There you go. He got it. Okay. I was about to say, there is a thing happening at the Barclays Center right now that the people there care more about that thing going on than the people that have, than any other group of people has cared about any other thing that has ever gone on at the Barclays Center, unless there was another VMAs that I, I don't know about. Another VMA. <laughs> Yes, the multiple VMAs they have. My, my wife, no, I mean like VMA the previous year. One is, yeah. is first. And the fall VMAs, Jeremy. We, we drove, <laughs> it's like fashion week. We drove fast it earlier. My wife's like, oh my God, I really want to go. I'm like, I turned to her. I'm like, I can't name what, why would you want to go? Like we, we did between the two of us, we could name five people that are, or acts or whatever that are performing there uh, tonight. But she's like, no, I want to go. Is Gunna performing? I've, this is a guess, but people are listening. Please know. tell us. That's just thank you, Chris, for giving me a shot to name someone. Oh, the the driver's license girl. What's her name, Jeremy? Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, her. I have no She's idea who that is. Right. We. This is the oldest I think we've sounded. In a I haven't time. followed the VMAs because I don't. Again, like I heard on the radio no that Lord that Lord pulled out. Oh, um, the Royals. And I know yes. I knew who Lord was, so I was proud of myself that I knew who she was. And that Nicki Minaj also pulled out. I also knew who she was. I was very proud of myself for both of those things. That's, that's anyway. good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of victory laps, um, it's time for me to redeem myself. Mm. Are you ready, guys, to play another edition of I Know the Knicks? We have three categories full of well new, <laughs> brand new answers on the board. Uh, the three categories range in different segments of Knicks history that happened while I've been on this earth. First, we have the 2021 season, a special season in which the Knicks won 41 games and with a four seed. And we will ignore what happened against the Hawks in the playoffs. The next is post decision, which happened on January 8th, 2010, uh, where LeBron took his talents down to South Beach to join the Miami Heat in a moment that a lot of us thought we had a chance at, but did not even close to have a chance at in hindsight. Um, the next category is post-Claudio. So since I was born in 1988, uh, all of the things that have happened in Knicks history since then, John, no, hold on, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy won. reigning champion. The, you, should get the you get to choose which category we go to first. Let's, let's just go with the recent history of 2021. Okay, recent history of 2021. Last season, the Knicks won 41 games. There were 12 teams in which they defeated by at least 15 points. Jeremy. Hold on. Can I hear that question again? I'm sorry. Last season, the New York Knicks won 41 games. The first time they've won over 40 games since the 2013 season. Okay. Jeremy, you get to go first. The Knicks in 12 of those games, 12 of those wins, won by at least 15 points. Actually, let me rephrase that because it technically is 15 times that it happened, but three different times they did it to two teams. So, so there's 12, 12 teams, teams they beat by more by than at least 15, 15 points. points. Okay. 15 or more. So it's 12 not franchises. just franchises. Yes. 12 Got franchises. It. Yes. Okay. So Jeremy, go first. Uh, Celtics. The Celtics. They beat them by 30. 105 mm -hmm. to 75. Uh, the Bucks. No. Wait, John in the beginning. Gets, of, 
It goes back and forth. Oh, they didn't thought, beat. Right, are you yeah. saying they didn't no, beat the Bucks by they 15 did, points? They did, but Jeremy uh, yeah, Wake, right, you well, did the Celtics. Now it's yeah. your turn. So say the Bucks. The Bucks. There. I forgot how the you know you know what it was. I forgot to I, say I, that. And I, I thought it was I beat the same John way. so badly last week that I was accustomed to just Fuck rattling off Everybody names. Everybody go fuck themselves. And <laughs> Jeez, John. That's how it works. <laughs> um, okay, that's so actually now- better than John telling me that he hopes I go bald by thirty because I built a better <laughs> draft team than oh, he did. Oh shit! But, there you um, go. He's winning right now. Our poll on Patreon. For those who don't know, John, J- John, Chris, and I drafted in all 2010s team and the the lead the teams are up on patreon if you'd like to go watch the team and vote on who wins watch the draft i should say and vote on who wins and on a patreon.com backslash nick's film school uh john your answer was the bucks because jeremy said sure. it already jeremy you get to go again pistons they beat the pistons twice by 15 109 to 90 and 125 to 81 the second game tibbs had julius randall in the game up by 35 uh the washington wizards wizards they beat them twice by 15 points 109 to 91 and then 131 to 113 correct all right there are eight more teams yes um <laughs> thank you for that yeah the, the Cavs. Cavaliers, they beat 102 to 81 at one point in the season. Correct. Uh, the Rockets of Houston. The Rockets of Houston, they beat twice by at least 15 points. In fact, they're the only team they beat twice by 20 points, 121 oh, to wow. 99 and 122 to 97. Okay. Jeremy. So we've listed, you want to list all the teams that we've listed? Yep. The Bucks, the Celtics, the Cavaliers, the Pistons, the Rockets, and the Wizards. <laughs> Okay. You listed half of them so far. Yes. Yes. Um, I know they lost the first game. Trying to think of the second game. Again, one strike and you're out. That's why I'm trying to be as cautious. I know. I'm filling time, Jeremy. No, that's great. Listen, listen, Jeremy, he deserves, he was, he's the defending champ. Go ahead. Take your time. He deserves, he deserves all, all the time (laughs) that he needs. That's all I'm going to say. Again, this is at least 15 points that the Knicks won by last season. Yeah. Um, The 2021 season. That would be the season. This season. All right. Uh, The Hawks. Incorrect. The Knicks did not beat the Hawks. They won two games close. And then the last game, they won by 10 in overtime. Uh, So now it's my turn to name as many as you want. To try and capitalize. You're both tied at three so far. Okay. Six remaining teams. The Knicks defeated by 15 points last season. Uh, Orlando. Incorrect. The Knicks <laughs> did not beat the Magic by 15 points last year. In fact, let me, if you want to Google that real quick, just to make sure. But I'm pretty sure that they didn't beat the Magic by 15 points. Uh, John's so mad. He wanted to steal. No, I mean, listen, I'm, I, that was a, that was a, this is a good question. Um, I had two other names, two other teams written down, but I went with the the mad. And even though I didn't have a clear recollection of them beating that team by that many points, I was just like they had to have beaten the Magic by more than fifteen points. But if you tell me they didn't, they didn't. I'm gonna double check because I know they they beat the Magic once and then lost them. No, okay, they definitely didn't because one of those games was stupid close, and then one of those games was they won, but it wasn't as convincingly. Um, they beat the Bulls 113 to 94. It was the first game after the Suns game that ended the 
winning streak. Okay. Um, they beat the Warriors on the road, 119 to 104. That's when we started to think, huh, something's happening here. Okay. John, I'm surprised last week you were eliminated in this round because you mentioned the Lakers, a team that they beat once by 15 points, 111 to 96, when they were missing LeBron and Anthony Davis. Okay. Uh, RJ Barrett's first career 30 point game came in Oklahoma City, a game the Knicks won. That was the low hanging. That was the low hanging fruit. That was the one, one where I was like, oh, they lost the first, but they won the second. Mm-hmm. Couldn't remember that part. Um, when Frank was reinserted back into the lineup, the Knicks beat the Kings 140 to 121 uh, at the Garden. Game. I remember that game. And then I think you had a christening or you missed the post. The Raptors. The Raptors. Raptors. 120 to 103. So I had two other names, two other teams written down, Raptors and Warriors, in addition to the Magic. And of course, I said the fucking Magic. Bad job by me. That's okay. Um, I may edit this part out, but I'm going to just triple check about the Magic. I'm listen, I believe you. I I certainly They have. beat the Magic 9184 and 9493. Okay. There you go. There we go. I'll leave this part in, folks. You got to see the unedited version <laughs> of this episode. Okay, John, you now get to decide post decision or post audio. Uh post decision. Post decision in the So last wait, did anybody get any points there? 3 to 3. You guys tied. Okay. Yes. So in the last 10ish years since uh July 8th of 2010, 11 Knicks have scored 35 points in a game. That is embarrassing. <laughs> 11 Knicks have scored 35 points in a game. That's it. Been a rough decade. John, you get to go first. Uh, Randall. Julius Randall has done it six times in the last decade. Jeremy. Carmelo Anthony. Stay on brand, John. Carmelo Anthony did it 50 times this decade. Did he really? Yes. That's pretty good. Yeah. What do you know? It's since I, but, the, sorry. It's since the decision we're talking since about. Here? The decision. Yes. Carmelo Anthony did it 50. Julius Randle did it six times. Now I will say it's only been done by the Knicks franchise, by all of these guys, all 11 of these guys total 83 times. So you've now taken up 56 of them. Wow. All yeah. right. So I go again. You get to go again. Um, Amari Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire did it nine times. Nine times? Yes, nine times. Nine mm-hmm. times. A bunch of them happened like in a row too during that winning streak that people thought was a reason why the Knicks should never trade anybody in 2010. It's 35 points, right? 35 points in a game. Yes. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin did it once against the Lakers, the mm-hmm. classic uh, moment of insanity. Uh, Jeremy Lin is correct. Jeremy. Is that 38 or 39? He scored. I think he did 38 as the score. Yes. Thirty-five it's, points. You know, it's game. it's funny. I don't remember. I can't remember a specific game when he did it, but I I have to think at least once Porzingis did it. Or Porzingis did it five different times. Did he? Okay. Yes. In fact, I think his career high forty came against the Lakers. Also, during that first oh, yeah. half okay. of twenty eighteen, yeah. when they were Got it. sixteen and fourteen at the on Christmas Day. He, yeah. he had like a mini run where all he did was score 35. Jeremy. Five. I'm in uncharted territory now because I there aren't names that just easily come to my mind. I will say, so no hints, but you guys have named the four guys that have done it the most. Carmelo Anthony, Kristaps Porzingis, Julius Randle, 
And Amari Stoudemire. Mel did it 50, Amari 9, Randall 6, and Porzingis 5. All right. So I feel like it had to have happened at least once. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith did it three times, all during the 2013, 12-13 season where he was the sixth man of the year. I I would not have... I. I and he's and he's right here, folks. He's right behind on John's v- right brand there. new decorated yep. background <clears throat> for those enjoying it on uh, on YouTube.com. Again, thirty five points in a game since July eighth, two thousand ten. <sighs> right now, the score. Get- it, go ahead, John. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I I'm I'm filibustering here. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a there's a name there's an again I don't I I if you're asking me if I remember a specific instance of this happening I don't but this I mean he was on the team for so many I mean it would have been the second time around though all right I'm gonna say it uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. did it four times <sighs> yes you guys have now named everybody that's done it at least three times so everybody else has done it two one or two times yes. There are four players left. You guys have listed seven. John right now is winning the actual game, seven to six. Jeremy, now we get into the impressive if you know category. I don't feel good about this answer, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking about the lack of scoring that has been available, lack of creation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it happened last year, but maybe in 2016, I'll say Derek Rose. Incorrect. No. Derek Rose did not Didn't get 30 in a game. I knew that. 35 in a game, excuse me. So Jeremy's out. John, you have four names remaining. Let's see if you can get one of them. You're currently so, winning the game. Okay. Um, yeah, this is 35 points in a game. Right. So hold on. <laughs> Are we putting a time limit on John? No, no. Like a no. minute time limit for the sake of I mean, of at listeners? a certain point, I'll say I need an answer, but he's he's got time. He's 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 winning. So it's the, 35 mm. points in a game since the decision. I'm I'm so what I'm doing right now is I'm wondering if there was someone else on last year's team besides Julius Randle who did it. And I know RJ Barrett didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really don't think. No, no one else did. Who else? Who else would have done it? Nobody else did it. So it's not anybody on last year's team. I have four names written down. There's mm-hmm. four players left. There are four players left. One of them, I'm almost certain, did not. But I wrote down Courtney Lee because I just um I wrote it down. The other three names, I think there's a chance that each of these guys did it. And that's Ines Cantor, Marcus Morris, and Michael Beasley. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. You got to pick one, buddy. I know. know. I'm just just, just, just saying. And there's a possibility that none of them did. I'd be shocked if none of those guys did it. I think probably two of the three did it. And I think there's a possibility that three of the three did it. Need an answer. Um, I'm going to go with Morris. Marcus Morris did it twice. Awesome. Okay. There you go. Marcus Morris did it twice during the season before. He was during the half a season. He was here. For the pick that became <laughs> Emmanuel quickly. 
Um, but John now has eight points, eight to six lead. Your three remaining answers all did it one time. I'm going to go with Cantor. Incorrect. Didn't do it. Never did it. Um, Aaron Aflalo did. He was the, I swear to God, his name. Just, I, <laughs> I swear on my yep. children, because I'm thinking of their big free agent signings. And I'm uh-huh. like, well, I know Robin Lopez never did it. And Aflalo did it. I was like, Kyle Quinn didn't do it. Aflalo? No. Okay. Aflalo did it. When I was doing the research for this and I was thinking of different parameters on, on Stathead, when I did 2020, 20 and 20. Well, Canner, like we points. know, did that on Christmas. Canner did that like a ton of times. So and, it was and like, other, other times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, never okay. did it. Never 35 points in a game. Okay. Um, infamously, Trey Burke did it once. Oh, my God. He had 42 fucking game. points against Charlotte. 42 oh, and 12. Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then last but not can least. I throw Rick, out, wait, did you say? Did you say uh, that I name? haven't said it yet. Go ahead. Who do you think? Moutier had 30. I don't think he had 35. He did not. Okay. It was Beno Udre. It was a point guard, not Beno Udre, though. <laughs> Wait, it was a point guard? It was a point guard that did it. I was shocked at this one. During Hold on. Give me, give me like half a 35 second. points. 35 points, yes. Did it during the... I, I don't have the game written down, but he did it during the mellow. Felton era. never did it. Raymond Felton did it once. Wow. Yes. Wow. Again, this was one time he had 35 points in a game. John, you are winning, though. The game eight to six at the moment. I'm mad I didn't say a flower. So, Jeremy, in our last category, post me. And fucking Burke. My God, how did I forget Burke? Sorry. The Trey Burke one, I think, because it was funny when Randall scored 40 in a game last year. And all of the national podcasts were like, do you know who the last person to score a 40 in a game for the next was an was? overtime game yeah. that they lost? That was an over yes. Um, was- I remember that game. It was it's that was arguably the most memorable memorable game from that season. And I and I believe Kemba went for 50 that game. Might have. The point of what I'm, I'm trying to say up. is like the fact that national podcasts were like specifically KOC and Verno were like, if you know who the last person to score 40 for the Knicks is. Then you have too much time on your you you need to stop watching this because you pay attention to them way too much. And every Knicks fan was like, Yeah, Trey Burke, it was an overtime. He had 42 and 12, and we thought maybe that's a thing. Um, last but not least, the post Claudio era. This is an easy one for you guys. Or at least I think it'll be an easy one for you guys. Maybe less so for you, Jeremy, but it's okay. we we'll see what happens. Um, the Knicks have had 18 head coaches or interim head coaches since the 89, since the 88, 89 season. Can you name all of them? Jeremy, you get to go first. 18 since the 88, 89 season? Yes. Okay. So in 33 years, they've had 18 interim or head coaches. All right. Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau's one. Correct. Uh, Pat Riley. That's two. Correct. (laughs) David Fisdale. That's correct. Uh, Lenny Wilkins. Correct. Wow. John's getting the hard ones out the way. So he is. Mike D'Antoni. Correct. Um, uh, Woodson, Mike Woodson. That's correct. Uh, Mike Miller. Correct. Hold on. Let me catch up. Jeremy said Tibbs and who? He said Tibbs, Fizz, D'Antoni, Miller. I said Riley, Wilkins, Woody, and, um, I'll say, do I want, I should probably get a hard one or an easier one out of the way first. Um, I'll say Larry Brown. Larry Brown. Good one. Here for a year. Uh, Don Nelson. Don Nelson. Good job. Here for half a season. 
Um, saving him for 10th because he was the best one of the lot. Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy took over for Don Nelson after that half a season. Um, Herb Williams. <laughs> Great call. Two different stints. Mm-hmm. As Nick it's said. so funny. I had his, <laughs> I had his name uh, written down. Um, I was keeping as the it. Next one. I was keeping it in the back of my mind because I thought, why go with a wild card <clears throat> early? Save it in my back pocket. So. Um. Uh, I'll do it now. Uh, okay, hold on. I'm just writing down my guess, my future guesses. Uh, Jeff Hornacek. That is correct. From Derek 2016 Fisher. to 2018. Uh, Derek Fisher is correct. From 2014 to 2016. Hold on. Let me just make sure we're not missing any ones over the last several years. So we went Tibbs, Hornacek, Fisher. Jeremy Woody. doing this off the cuff. Yeah, I feel like I should get bonus points for that. Um, <laughs> or just like a Bravo, because I mean, you, you could be doing the same. Listen, I know I'm going to lose this because uh, I no, just you will, might not. You might not. I, this is harder than what you I will, think. Well, no, because I have to catch up to you. But what I will gain is the people's respect. And that's mm. all that I can ask for in the end. There you go. Um, Don Cheney. Don Ch- Elite call, John. Yes, correct. There's one more obvious one. Um, I had two, well, two, but it depends. Depends on when you grew up. <laughs> no, there's. Well, okay, I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, oh, uh, Kurt Rambis. Correct. There you go. Isaiah Thomas. Correct. Wow. So there's two left. Now these are these are the tough. I'm, I may get these wrong. <sighs> God almighty. This is going to be a tougher one for me Mm. because I know that they were coaches probably before I was born. Yes, they were. Yeah. Both of the remaining coaches are coaches from before you were born. Um, man. Yeah. I I know I'm not going to get it. I mean, there's two say any famous coaches, two famous coaches in Nick's history. No, I mean, there's in in the eighties there are two famous. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Pat Riley took over, I believe, in the night. In the, wait, hold on. Pat Riley was there for four years, so ninety five, ninety four, ninety three, ninety two. So Pat Riley took over in nineteen ninety one. Yes. Um, it's. I mean, so these are all eighties ju- coaches, but two. This of is them a are hint famous. to both of you, but um, the two. Well, hold remain, on, no, 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 hold okay, on. Okay, it's Jeremy's um, turn. Um, 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 okay, words. Never mind. How many more coaches are there? Two. Two. More? Okay. You guys the funny thing is, John, John is going to win this anyway, yet he won't even let me you go need, out. He knows both of them. So No, I, I have three names written down. I'm not sure which are the two. Well, okay. I have no names no in names my head. So. All right, Jeremy, name anybody that you think could have been a Knicks coach, unless you're tapping out. Um, I'd rather go down fighting than tap out. At okay. But I, I just... Um, so one oh, of them is still... I got, okay, I, I got it. I got, I got, okay. Uh, Probably not actually going to love this one, but Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino is okay. correct. There, there you go, go Jeremy. John, so you, you name the last name. Uh, so you took away one of the names that was written down for me. So the last two names I have, and I, God, I hope I got the first name right. Um, uh, I, hold on, hold on. Let me set the stage right now. Jeremy is trailing by one. So if you get this, it's for the game. However, if, you if I don't, this, we're tied. Jeremy has a chance to 
Jeremy's trailing by oh, one. Oh, because we can. Jeremy can him. steal. Oh, so then I should game for the so round. So then I shouldn't name both names because you that are on my can mind. Name whoever you want, but then no, you because be it, one answer. Jeremy, that you. So this is get, so this, this is for the win because John. there is. If Jeremy's is really doesn't have the other name in his head, I don't have the other name. But he could take because, a wild guess. Okay, right? so let me just the, the two, I have two names written down. One of them is a name that every is a is a well known basketball name that I'm not going to say anything else. The other is is not. Well, no, he's not. Um, I think it's the less well known name, but I'm I'm thinking of saying the more well known one because at the very least that'll get me a tie. I'll, t- but, I'll tell you what. Say the less well known name because if if it's impressive, it's great, and if it's not, then so okay, be. fine. I'll say it. Is it Stu Jackson? It's Stu Jackson. Okay, John wins this. What can I guess? So, what the can I guess? What the more famous name was? Sure. Was it Hubie Brown? Yes. Hubie Brown was the coach fired right before Rick Pitino. Wait. Or replaced right. Oh, that's Patino. right. It was Patino and then Jackson and yes. not Jackson. The Patino. That's right. Yes. All I'm reading into this is it's actually Andrew's parents fault for not <laughs> creating Andrew a few years earlier. So I could have said Hubie Brown, but. Oh, whatever. shoot. Okay. Uh, John bonus points. This is one I missed, but there's no chance. Jeremy knows who it is. This is one I missed. Is the guy who replaced Stu Jackson. No idea. Jack, uh, John McLeod. No, I've Knicks went thirty. John McClock's walk in my living room right now, and I wouldn't know who he is. I had no idea who he was, but apparently, when Stu Jackson was replaced as Knicks head coach in the 1990-91 season, John McLeod took over as an, in an interim basis. The Knicks lost in the first round. Enter Pat Riley. So the better question is: I I know um, Red Holzman came back. I th- was that in the eighties? I think he came yeah. back for a brief stint in the eighties, right? Yes, from 1979 to the 82 season. So 81-82 season. So for three seasons from 79 to 82. Okay. And then and, Hubie Brown coached a team for five years. And Willis Reed was the coach for a brief period of time right, in the 70s? Right before Holtzman. Right, uh, Willis Reed coached the team for two years and then started six... Well, not even one year. Went 43 and 39, lost in the semis. And then Holtzman came back. Holzman came back, thinks went 25 and 43 and coached the team for the next three seasons. And then did Reed take over for Holzman? No, Hubie Brown took over for Holzman. No, I mean the first time did Reed take over for Holzman? Yes. Yes. Holzman so coached the team from 68 to 77. Reed took and, over and for two, a year and a half. And if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you who was the coach in 19. We even uh, mentioned him a couple of times in this game before. Oh, you know, we haven't mentioned him in this game, but we have mentioned him in is the draft, the the Knicks draft that we had right before the NBA draft. I I don't know. Who was it? Dick McGuire. Oh, oh, Dick McGuire was the head coach. And then Harvey Gallatin, Harry Gallatin, Harry Gallatin. Yes. And then names I don't know. But that is your trip down memory lane of I know the Knicks. Congratulations, John, on your victory today. Well, um, for my victory speech, I am going to dedicate this win to my oldest daughter, Scarlett Ray Macri, because as by the time you are listening to this, it will be Monday, September 13th, which will also be Scarlett Ray Macri's first day of kindergarten. Um, And uh, so I am I am a, a bit of an emotional dad. Uh, today, uh, I, I did not watch most of the giant game because I was at like a pre 
first day of school thing in her in her new school schoolyard. And then because again, emotional dad went out to CVS with her to get labels to put labels on her all of her shit that she's going in with tomorrow. So this is what you do as a dad when you get to 38. You're not watching football on Sunday. You're going to CVS to get labels. And I couldn't be happier. So it's very cute. It makes me feel even better that I let you win this time. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Jeremy was going a whole different direction with that. It makes me me feel even better that I don't have kids. (laughs) (laughs) I had a great weekend. I watched so much football. I got so drunk. I got Um, late so many times. I will say I I want to add a name to the coach, the coaching list. Yeah. I think it's fair if we don't mention it, it'd be kind of crazy. Uh, Phil Jackson. Oh, yeah. because <laughs> by extension, also that's like two exactly. coaches as mm-hmm. well, right? Three actually, because he brought in Hornacek. Yeah, he did. So three technically, because it was Fisher, Rambis, Hornacek. Yeah. So if he's coaching through them, then I don't know. It's yeah. like a win. But anyway, uh, it's awesome, John. Very, very happy for Scarlet Ray, and I'm sure she'll have a great day. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, you guys remember anything from kindergarten? Sure, I remember there was a kid that shit his pants. <laughs> he was wearing red sweatpants was, and he pooped. Was it you, John? Yeah. And it was just I, saying, first of all, I would the, not wear kid. red sweatpants. Yeah. Uh, second of all, no, it's not me. <laughs> okay. I remember kindergarten. Yeah. What do you I remember? Mean, uh, I mean, we're talking like four years ago. So. Right. Yeah. It was the best, <laughs> you know. I uh sorry, that's the easier one. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, honestly, I, I make so much fun of John. I should and I should actually make fun of you too. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, we had to go really far back to get a lot of that information. Mm-hmm. But thank you for, for digging into the archives. I'm sure Pre- a lot Claudio. of dust on yeah. your computer that, that came about. He, um, Jeremy yeah. still has his like star chart that every time you read a book, you get a star mm-hmm. in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many stars did you get, Jeremy? Uh that's a great question. <laughs> I, I, 69. I, yeah. Nice. Um, I created it with my parents' help. Of course, it was like a wall and a wall, like a poster of the collage of me because every kid was supposed to do a collage of themselves and it's still hanging up at my parents' Aww. place. Aww. That's nice. That's actually really cute. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I'm trying to think if I knew the Knicks were a thing in, in kindergarten. I didn't. I, didn't. I did not. Yeah. I knew the Yankees were a thing because they won a World Series. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder what team they they won against. Oh, Hmm. really? You were five for the Subway Series in 2000? It was the Mets. That's right. Oh, I don't really care if the Mets lost. I'm just mad that you were five in 2000. I was 12 and I remember every... I don't even know. I don't even know if my first sports memory had happened in kindergarten because I was born in 83. My first sports memory is wide right. Oh, wow. Giants yeah. Bills. Okay. Yeah. My first, it's actually Yankee memory. My first sports memory is Charlie Hayes in 96 catching. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I was oh, the wow. first time I was allowed to stay up for a game because everybody at church was talking about game six tonight. And then my parents were, I was like, what's game six? And they let me stay up. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fine. And then my first athlete that I was cognizant of was Dallas Strawberry because I remember his last name was Strawberry and I thought that was like the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Reason my number in high school and other uh, bar and recreational leagues is 18 is Daryl Strawberry. Yeah. There you go. Mine, mine was Jeter. 
Well, duh. How oh, congratulations. Be? Derek Jeter made the Hall of Fame this week. Yes, he did. Officially. He was, in, he was inducted into the Hall yes, of Fame. Yes, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Made the Hall of Fame. Wow. Just, just, I'll be the Mets fan to say it. Deservedly so. I was he. I, I actually, I'm curious. I should know this, of course, but I don't. Um, was he unanimous or did someone not vote for him? <laughs> Jeremy, he, say it. He should have been unanimous, but one writer decided to not give him that distinction. One? One. one. Missed it by one vote. Was it, wasn't Rivera unanimous? Yes. He was, and rightfully so. I mean, if you had to pick between the two, Rivera is the greatest relief pitcher Who's of the all f- time. <laughs> Who's I mean, the asshole? And it's anonymous, and so nobody knows who the one is. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. So to, like, probably to his grave, the guy will do it. Now, if the guy's smart, he'll wait like 10 years and write a book like I was the guy and then sell, sell that, sell his anonymity for a book deal. Um, yeah. And like I saw some of the Twitter discourse that it's like ridiculous. He is actually not a Hall of Famer. He played all those games in Kansas City. Mm. He never would have been. And I just like being in in New York the twenty years that he played here. Like no, there was the the numbers aside. Fame is the the fame part of the Hall of Fame. Derek Jeter was the face of the sport for twenty years. Derek, and yeah, I, Derek Jeter's a Hall of Famer because. Because he his stats are, are not top 20 or top 30 all-time baseball stats. I think we'd mm-hmm. all agree about that. He's a Hall of Famer because for the better part of 20 years, he was one of the most five five most famous athletes. Maybe the better part of 20 years, but a good portion of that. He was one of the five or ten most famous athletes in the world, or certainly in the country. There's a stretch um, where if you were to name, ask any random person in the world to name an athlete that plays baseball, it's Derek Jeter. It's Derek and Jeter. it's on the same level of name a basketball player, Michael Jordan, name a football player, Tom Brady. So let's also just say it because it's true. Derek Jeter retired sixth in all time on the hits list. Mm-hmm. So the writer saying the, the player who has hit more hit, who's got more hits than all but five other people to ever play the sport of baseball does not deserve to get into the Hall of Fame. It's just, that it's just absurd. It's attention grabbing, and the fact we're even talking about him shows that he's won. And it works. Yeah. In. And uh, <laughs> Mr. Anonymous is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also dedicate this uh, episode to the other Mr. Anonymous, uh, Trey Young. No one gives Ooh. a fuck about you. Go fucking be a heel someplace else. Shots fired. Can't see you on Christmas, Christmas, motherfucker. <laughs> That should be how Santa's coming for you. That should be how we end the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe, rate, and review. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.